um, the other day I was watching Property Brothers and I really like how these two brothers, they, they design houses and the way they help people buy and sell their properties, right? It's like really good. And I was thinking about, you know, should I get a property of my own? I mean, I'm, I'm single now and, you know, as a woman, I'm afraid like, when I get married, right? Would my decision today be a waste? Because generally the... Usually a guy would already have his own property. So how does that like leave me with my property? Should I get one point or not? Hmm, that's a very, very good question. And I believe a lot of ladies out there would like to know the answer. So stay tuned and we shall discuss this in a moment's time. Welcome back to episode 7 on Smart Women Finance. So before we get into our topic today, just a brief introduction about who we are. So uh, together with me today, we have Pauline Teo. She's a licensed financial planner and me, myself. Uh, I'm Rocking Rachel and I'm an insurance advisor. So we two ladies are the go-to girls of this podcast, uh, Smart Women Finance. And we actually aim to serve women like yourself out there, uh, whether or not you are focused on building a career or um, you're getting into a marriage or you're currently a mother, we would like to help you with your daily financial struggles through our sharings on this podcast. So if you have any struggles that you are facing today, don't forget to hashtag us on our social media platforms at AskSWF and uh, do join our community group uh, we will brief you more on that later on. But for now, let's go back to the topic. As a woman, do you think you should own a property? We would like to inform you that whatever discussed in this topic and in this podcast is completely general advice or based on our own personal experience and opinions. If you are facing any financial issues, we do recommend that you seek consultation with a licensed financial planner. Thank you. I think the first question we should be asking ourselves, right? What is the reason why we really want to buy our own property, right? So yeah. what is your reason, Rachel? Well, for me, as a single person, okay, I for me, like, it would be to gain a sense of independency. Because mm. now that uh, you're a young adult and, you know, you are exploring the world, I remember with the time, the moment I had my car, my God, it was like a breakthrough you know like it's like yeah. they say 21 years old you get the key to the house but no when you get your car that's when you really get the you real can fly freedom. right yeah that's when you really get the real freedom so i mean for me it'll be like if i have my own property it'll be my own space and i get right. to have that real sense of independency you know although mm. today i do have my own room but my mom still cooks for me at home she's still like uh she still makes tea for me and all these things last so when you right. are really on your own you get to experience that. That would be one of the main reasons. Okay. And I think it's not really wrong if you if I think about it, because I also bought my property when I was much younger at that time when I was single. And I think it was like, you know, um, close to 30s when I first got my first property. So I think during that time, right, when I wanted a property, and it's actually very traditional as well, it's more of having the security that one day my parents are no longer around. You know, I have a place of my own. You know, and it's like a roof on top of your head, right? Without having to depend on another person or to actually um, uh, feel that, you know, uh, you're dependent on somebody. 
right? So I think in terms of this, this was how I felt when I was, you know, when I was single. But now if you ask me, um, you know, many years after that I'm married, right, I still have properties of my own. And it's actually a sense of uh, fulfillment for me, you know, feeling security. Uh, it's something tangible, right? What do you have? I have a house, you know, something tangible that you can hold on to, to call it your own. But you are right, you know, there are some people, especially married women, after they get married, right, because the thoughts could be husbands are already providing whatever you need, like, for example, food on the table, you know, the, the bills are paid by your husband, and you've got a roof on your head, right? And some husbands uh, may even tell you, hey, you know, why not take care of the house? You know, take care of the family, take care of the house. So you're not obligated to really go out and work, you know? So I think we need to be very um, uh, clear in some ways, like what exactly is your current status in life? If you're a married woman, but you are working and earning your own income, I would say owning a property is not exactly wrong if you have the means to pay for all the household expenses as well as your, your um, personal property. Okay, maybe it could be for investments or whatever reasons that you may have out there. But I think if you are married, but you are no longer worrying, uh, I mean, working and actually depending on your husband, then it's something food for thought. Okay, because during the good times, maybe your husband could help you to, to settle, you know, the, the repayment or the loan repayment or whatsoever. But what happens if let's say he loses his job? First priority will always be how do we take care of the family's expenses first? So your property now could actually be at risk because there is no solid um, income, right, in order to help sponsor or, or even, you know, rental income may not be sufficient uh, to even cover the cost of the loans and other expenses. So I think these are areas we need to be very, very um, clear upon. Okay, what is it that women really want? Okay, so back to the question now, right? Um, so what are some of the options you have um, when you want to buy a property? What are things you, know you need that, to right? consider? This had this question come to my mind. Since yeah. you are talking about married women here, right? Yeah. So usually in a marriage, right, you would notice many people start doing joint prop joint ownership of yes. things. So That's true. would you I mean, what are your thoughts when uh when you've started a family are married already? Do you think it's wise to still own properties in a single person's name? Or should everything be in joint name since now you have made vows to um you know till death do us part, right? So right. how how do you find, I mean, what do you think about this? Okay, I think that's a very good question there, okay, uh, Rachel. I would say different schools of thought again. Um, personally, I feel that there is nothing wrong for independent women to own their own property. Because even though um, vows are meant to, to cover us until death do us part, right? But we both know divorce rates in Malaysia itself, it's actually on the higher side. So what happens when a woman is no longer cared for by a man? What happens to females then? And I, I think personally, if you ask me, a lot of women out there, even though you don't verbally say it, we want security. We want to feel that you know, our needs are taken care of. Should something bad happen to us, we still have a place to call our home. Uh, I don't think so. And 
Anybody out there can correct me if I'm wrong. I don't think so. Any one of these independent women want to go crawling back to their parents' place, even though that is actually an option. Okay, that is actually an option. But I think it's also about independence. If you're used to living your life a certain way in a certain manner and a certain style, it's very hard for you to go back to your parents where your mom would definitely want to make sure that you are physically okay, mentally okay. And, you know, at that point in time, a lot of friction could happen just going back, you know, um, to parents. And I think ego as well is another thing that could happen. You know, we've got our pride. So having to go back to our parents um, doesn't feel a very good feeling at all, if you know what I mean. Okay. So I think with that said, a woman would definitely still want to say, I would want to own a house just in case something bad happens. I have a place to really, you know, call my own and to stand on my own two feet until things stabilizes, until maybe I find someone again in order to start another relationship. What do you think, Rachel? Well, it is definitely, uh, I cannot deny it because looking at the statistics of not just um, Malaysia, but in the world, that the divorce rates are really high. Yeah. So, I mean, this is back to your, your beliefs and your own values and your own relationship. Like what, how do you want to play? But it is an option to consider. Like. That's of course, uh, like uh, coming back to uh, what we talked about earlier, right, in terms of marriage, to discuss, I think the main key, like, if you want to own a property in your marriage, right, I don't think it's wrong. I think it's okay for whatever reasons. Like. But... Um, I believe your partner does deserve to know that right. you, know, you are owning one and the reason that why you want to own one. So I believe when there is transparency, even in the bad times, right, um, there will be a sort of understanding towards this property. Like why is this property still existent in our marriage, in our family union, right? right. So I would recommend uh, you ladies listening to check out our episode four where we talk about budgeting and we, uh, we break down how can you um, properly you know, look into how uh, easy ways of doing budgeting yeah. and to see once you have your budget in place, I believe you will know whether or not there is room to own another property because yeah. it is not a, it's not a need, it's a want. That's what yeah. we need to always differentiate, right? Yeah. So when it's a want, it should be something that you know you can... Uh, you know, put out money there without neglecting the actual needs of the family or the marriage. Yeah. yeah, I think with that said as well, it comes back to the basics of everything. Budgeting is just the first step that all of us need to be very vigilant, regardless whether you're single, you're married, with or without kids. This is the bare basic um, fundamentals right, of finances that we need to make sure that it's properly taken care of first. If you have additional money, excess money that, you know, um, can help you to accumulate assets, right, such as a property and whatsoever, then it is actually something that you can budget for it as well. So I think as long as your budgets do not exceed whatever it is that you earn, you are actually feeling very comfortable, even though you're having this um, uh, a really big commitment here, which is buying a property, right? then I would say, by all means, go and get it. But if you see the budget's very tight and you need to also not always factor in the best of times, 
um, I think the pandemic the last two years has taught us that, you know, when you actually prepare for the worst and you're still feeling comfortable or not too bad, you know, then I think it's actually a good time to think about buying properties. Yeah. Okay? Because it is, after all, a long-term commitment. Like in Malaysia, you can actually get loans, uh, what, maximum loan of 30 to 35 years. Okay, and that's a very, very long time if you think about it to be committed to a property. Okay, so I think these are things you really need to factor in before you think about, um, you know, anything else, basically, right? And I think for ladies out there who really missed our last episode, which was actually episode six, you should actually take a listen to it because we talked about no money, no honey. And what does it mean for women out there if you are financially unfaithful? So I would urge those ladies who missed that episode, do catch up on that one too, in order for you to understand what are some implications in um, our finances in your relationship if you do not plan it out well, especially when you're already married. Okay? Yeah. yeah. So those so are the two back, areas, I think. Yeah. Coming back to, okay, since now you address the married category and yeah. what uh, how can you look into this topic? Let's look back at the, the ones that are single and are not married yet. You know, um, to me, I personally believe that owning your own property as a single person is totally okay. And even though you get married and there's a, you know redundancy of properties, one of uh, those properties could be sold off or it could be turned into an investment to actually... Um, you know, uh, help the family in some way uh, to to bear some certain expenses. So it can be an asset to the family as well. That's right. So, yeah. But of course, in today's, um, if you see the property prices today, it is uh, quite uh, tough for a single person to withstand the loan or rather to, to, to uh, feed, I mean, uh, what's the word? To actually sustain the loan. Yep. So many um, of my friends that I've noticed, they go into joint ownership, either with their siblings or sometimes some of them even go in with their boyfriends. Yeah. Right. So one, if you are thinking about going into, into a property with someone else, you always have to keep in mind that, uh, you know, what if things go sour? Because nothing That's like, right. for example, girlfriend and boyfriend owning a property there's nothing concrete yet. There's no legal contract stating that both of y'all are, you know, married and all these things. So if the relationship does not work out, how are y'all going to sustain the property? I, is one person just going to dump the whole thing on the other person because it's going to be a heavy load? So these are some questions you want to just think about. Maybe you can discuss it with the other partner. And if both of y'all are comfortable with it, then proceed on. But if there's some hesitancy, then I would, Say maybe, you know, think twice before entering such a decision. Actually, in my personal opinion, and this is actually a real case study where clients came to see me to resolve this property issue for them, right? Uh, I wouldn't urge, actually, I wouldn't advise, okay, any of the single couples out there who are in relationship thinking of getting married but not there yet, right, in terms of signing the um, a registration of marriage right, or rather getting a certificate of marriage, right? to actually buy properties together. Now, why is that uh, the case? When the relationship goes sour, uh, usually, you know, either one of these parties will start to back off from the loan. 
um, the loan is actually a legal contract that you have with the bank. So regardless of whether what status you are in terms of your relationship, the bank expects you to service your loan okay, on a monthly basis. Uh, they do not expect you to default because defaulting your loan would actually be bad for either party. Correct. Okay, so this is where things will become very, very um, hard to manage, you know, when, especially when you're talking about money, okay, uh, and the relationship has gone sour, it's not going to be something easy for you to actually resolve. Because at the end of the day, it's going to cost you even more money in order to get a lawyer in place, in order to, you know, settle this amicably, and, you know, to either transfer the property to one person's name, or to get consent from both parties to sell this property, okay? And this is where the complications come in. Um, I think also uh, there's cases whereby, you know, um, I've got friends who are actually in relationship and then something happened before they got married and they really have joint property. Now your so-called future in-laws, which aren't exactly your in-laws yet, now with you trying to resolve this property matter. Okay, so do not take things uh, very lightly because a lot of things can really happen. So yeah. if you're not legally binding in terms of the, the relationship, um, I would suggest that, you know, it's best not to venture into the property itself. Okay, yeah. and I do hear you, Rachel. I, I do agree, you know, with the income levels of many people who have just started working. It is not something feasible for them to buy a property on their own unless their income is really substantial enough and you know they're able to really comfortably service the loan on a monthly basis so again with this option of you know buying the property with say for example business partners it could be with siblings um, you know again things may go sour okay because again whatever that involves money usually it will be a very different story when things don't go well so I would say the best thing is if you're able to buy the property on your own comfortably, then it would be best to actually venture into it. If you're actually thinking of buying this joint property and it is, um, uh, you know, it's actually not really clear cut with the person that you're actually buying the property with, do have a, another separate agreement, okay, which you can actually speak to a lawyer in order to get this document drawn up. In the event something bad happens, what is the next course of action to take? Right. And that's just to take care of your interests. Okay. But of course, whenever you're buying something really big and happy, you know, you don't think of the consequences, but these are the biggest tips we can actually give you today on how to take care of your own interests. Correct. And speaking of joint ownership, right? In, uh, from the insurance perspective, uh, many loans today, they when we talk about joint ownership, uh, ownership they come in this um, this legal term called tenancy in common. So right. what happens in this scenario is when the partner passes away, uh, the portion that the partner owns doesn't go to the surviving partner. It goes to the estate of the deceased. Right. So what happens is uh, two of two owners here, right? There's two. But because there's no will drawn up and also uh, the, there's no agreement done, no insurance policy set up, what happens is now the estate of the disease is the ownership. That means like the next of kin. So for example, in the case of spouse, spouses, right? 
So the children becomes the owner or the parents, right? They become the co-owners of the house. So as a wife, you know, I would be like, uh, this house is mine, but you know, now it's no longer mine. I have to share it with other people. So it doesn't leave your you in a comfortable position. And of course, as a single person, it's even worse lah, because you have other people who you may not even be related with owning the house. So, yeah. so in this kind of scenario, it is really important to speak with an insurance advisor on how can you do proper insurance planning where in the event of uh, the partner passing away of this property, the shares or rather the whole house for that person's property is paid off or you can even set it in a way where, especially this would be best for spouses, where if one uh, spouse passes away, the whole house is paid out for. So the house completely becomes an asset, no longer a liability. So it is, although this is a very uh, minor thing, of course, a house is something you can see physically. An insurance policy is something like, oh, it's only, I mean, it's not something you can really see. It's, a, it's intangible product but it is something where if stop plan properly can cause a lot of pain and problem in the future. So it's a home that y'all are building. So nobody wants a home to turn into a chaos, right? So yeah. do plan it well. Speak to an insurance advisor about it and speak to your financial planner about it to on how do you, you know, how can you, is your debt ratio in line with the, the loan that you're about to take? So these are certain elements like, that you should take into it. I think just adding on to that as well, Rachel, um, there are many other hidden costs when you want to own a property. There's also a lot of other hidden areas, right? Like, for example, what Rachel just explained a moment ago that may not be properly set up. And this will be an impact to you, especially when you want to own a property with, um, you know, multiple ownerships or even in situations whereby, you know, it's not a very clear-cut situation how, uh, you know, this, this property um, in the event of a, a premature death, it could actually impact you very much greatly. So I would say for ladies out there, you know, um, buying a house, it's not like buying a vegetable, you know, it's, it's not something, an e it's not an easy decision just to make with a snap of a fingers and, you know, it's, it's yeah. Just because, you know, you think you can service the loan, let's just buy it. There's a lot more other hidden um, uh, costs in buying a property itself. The preparedness that you need to have before you own a property, there are many other areas which it would be best for you to speak to someone, um, you know, on this particular area holistically um, before you make that financial decision. So Maybe again, we can even do another yeah. episode on this too, because <laughs> there's a lot to discuss here. A lot, a lot. Okay, so I think uh, the, the biggest uh, takeaway that we can actually share with you is number one, it is not wrong for women to buy the property or own the property on your own, under your own very name. But at the same time, please do know what your rights are. So the only best way we could actually really properly advise you case-to-case -case basis to whatever you have in mind for the property uh, that you really um, want to buy, do speak to a licensed financial planner or if anything at all, speak to one of us, either Rachel or myself, and we'll be more than happy to, you know, go through what are some hidden costs that you may not be aware of or some other obligations that you may not be aware of that needs to be considered before you sign on that dotted line, okay, to own yeah. that property. Correct, okay. correct. So, so just a recap on uh, what we've discussed today. Basically, we know that, number one, before you own your property, know your why, right? That's right. 
Yeah, and the second one would be assess your current financial situation, whether or not you can, uh, is it comfortable for you to service a loan, right? Yeah. And the third one is, don't forget to watch our episode four and six so yeah. that you can right. be aware of how to do budgeting as well as in a relationship, how do you manage your finances? Yeah, definitely. Okay. And if and- anything at all, number four, speak with a financial planner, okay, to have all the objections or all the options laid out before you before you actually make a decision or what is the right choice that you should be making. Okay, that would save you a lot, a lot, a lot of money and headache, not to mention. Yeah. So money is something that it can be peaceful if it's properly managed. <laughs> Definitely. Don't so go into that- it blindly. Okay. Yeah. And again, it's buying a, a property with commitments as high as this. It is not a step of a finger kind of decision. So don't go into it in a rash. All yeah. right. So lady. We hope that uh, this episode has given you a bit more to think about if you're talking about properties. And if doubt, just come and speak to one of us. Absolutely. Right. So signing off for this week's episode. See ya. Take care. Bye.